0: welcome to the virtual CFO report it's here that you'll learn tips tools and tactics for increasing your cash flow and improving the profitability of your small business basically that means if your bank account is not reflective of the hours you pour into your business this is the show for you host Brian Ludwig has been helping small business owners make deposits be frugal but not cheap and have a life outside of work for over 35 years let's get started Take it away, Brian.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Virtual CFO Podcast. In this podcast, I'm planning to show small business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals various strategies, tactics, and tips that they can use to increase the profitability of your business, put more cash in your pocket, and to build your long-term wealth. Welcome. My name is Brian Ludwig. I've been working with small business owners for the last 35 years through my accounting and financial coaching practice. Over those years, I've learned quite a few things about running a business. I've made lots of errors and I've had successes. But this is where I'm going to just talk about three different last key lessons that has impacted me the most over the last 35 years. And the first lesson that kind of helps build how I do things and who I am goes right back to my very beginning, when I first set up my first business. That was about 35 years ago. I was still in university. I was in actually an agriculture college, uh, getting my master's and PhD in crop science. And that's where I worked for a chemical company testing their chemicals out in the field and I wanted to set up a private research farm where I would do this contract testing for different agricultural companies. So I went to my dad who was a farmer at that time and said well can I borrow a small chunk of land to use for my testing and he said yes and that's where my business was started. Now like most people Who run a small business, you just want to do what you love doing. Uh, Most people doing books and dealing with taxes, is not something you love doing? And this is where I did what almost everyone else does. I found an accountant. I went to the uh, accountant who had an office in my hometown. And this is where when I met with him, I just said, yeah, I'm starting a business. I'm still going to school. I'm probably not going to make a lot of money in the first year, especially since I'm doing it just part-time while I'm going to school. And that's where he told me, yeah, you need to incorporate, you need to do this, get me this information at the end of the year, and we'll get you all straightened out. So that's what I did. I never met with him again after that. I just kept running my business. I was uh, buying the equipment I needed to start up, which was a pretty hefty bill. And of course, I lost money that first year because uh, I wasn't doing it full time. I was just starting up. But this is where it wasn't a big problem because I had my scholarship income from my graduate studies that basically I lived very cheaply and then used the rest to pay for the expenses of the startup business. Well, that worked fine until I went to see my accountant a year later for tax time. And I went into the meeting thinking, yeah, I shouldn't owe much money. Uh, Basically, whatever I made personally, I more than offset that with my business losses. Uh, So, like, I've got no spare money. Well, as soon as I walked into the office, I sat down thinking, yeah, this should be a good meeting. Well, that's where he then hit me with the news. Oh, by the way, you owe owe over $2,000 in taxes. And I'm thinking, how? I never made money. I said, well, yes, your company lost money, but you have your scholarship income that you made money on, and you have to pay taxes on that. And I said, but I thought I was told that I could take my business losses and write, off, write them off against my personal losses. And he said, yes, that's right, if you're a sole proprietor. But when you're incorporated, you can't take those losses and transfer them over. They're separate. You have to carry them forward to a different year. So I'm thinking, how am I going to pay $2,000 of taxes, and I have no money in my bank account to show for it? So that was my first dilemma. Then as I was getting ready to leave, he then gave me his bill, another $2,000 bill. And I'm thinking, what work did you do for this amount of money? Keep in mind, this is $2,000 from 35 years ago. Uh, That's a lot of money. And he never set up my company. That was my lawyer who did that. Um, He just told me to go see my lawyer to set it up. He never did my bookkeeping. That's what I did. And all he did was fill up my tax return based on the wrong advice he gave me. And he's charging me $2,000 for this bad advice. So that's where, in the end, I walked out of that meeting, learning my, the hard way my first lesson. This is where I need to take responsibility for the numbers in my business. Now, that doesn't mean I have to be the expert and know everything. I just have to be taking a more effort into understanding what the numbers are in my business and how I can use them and also understand the implications of my financial decisions. This is where if I'm working with someone, you should be asking questions like, why are you recommending this? In my case, if I would just ask, okay, why are you telling me to incorporate uh, when you know that I'm going to have business losses? I would be better off as a sole proprietor the first year or two, then incorporate once the profits start coming in. Here I found out that he just basically gets every client to incorporate so he can charge them higher fees at the end of the year. I wasn't too happy when I heard that from someone else who had the same problems with him. So this is where you need to understand your numbers and take responsibility for them. Now, you don't need to be an expert. I kind of went the extreme But that was my nature at that time. In fact, still today, I love reading books and I had no problems buying a bunch of books from from the bookstore on finance and taxes and learning all about it, just so I knew it inside out. I was still planning to do my crop research farm, but this is where I wanted to make sure I knew exactly the financial implications of the decisions I was making. So this takes me to my second lesson or second uh, pillar of how I do business. And that is, you got to be prepared for change and be willing to adapt, embrace change and, and take advantage of it. And this is where, as I mentioned, I was setting up a crop research farm. I wanted to get into crop consulting. But I was probably 10 years too early uh, for the crop consulting market. But what was happening, though, is computers were were just starting to become commonplace. Uh, Most people never owned a computer at that time. And farmers were interested in buying a computer and doing their farm books on it because most farmers I know hate doing books, especially on paper. They thought at least with a computer, it would be a little bit more more easier to do. And this is where I just went through uh, computerizing my company. I bought my first computer, and this is where I bought an accounting program, got started doing my computerized accounting books, and I was all set. I had some neighbors asking me to do it for them, and I did. And that's when I thought, gee, maybe I need to focus more on this type of work. I can get a lot of work. And it just so happened, later that uh, summer, I was at a trade show, and I just happened to sit down at a table, and someone asked if they could sit at the same table because there were lack of tables. And I started talking with this person, and he was intrigued. But when I started talking... Yeah, yes, I've got a computer. I've been computerizing my books along with some neighbors. Well, it turns out he was the head instructor for a local agriculture technical school. And he asked me to become a contract teacher for them during the winter, teaching how to use computers for farmers and and as well as farm management and financial management and tax planning courses. So that's where I took them up. And for the next three winters, I was busy running around the province of Saskatchewan uh, doing all these courses. And this is where, um, without being susceptible, uh, willing to change, I would have never been probably where I am now if it wasn't for that opportunity. Because that's where I greatly increased my knowledge of, farm management, business management, and all things financial. If I would just stuck with crop consulting and only crop consulting, yeah, I may have taught one or two weeks of courses for them, but that's it. But because of my willingness to pick up new topics, especially computers, uh, that's where I quickly developed uh, almost a full-time winter job teaching courses. And I used all of these skills for my other parts of my consulting business as well. And the change didn't stop there. Throughout the next 25 to 30 years, I've been constantly changing. Um, I've taken a master's in distance education, to help improve myself, uh, to look at remote education opportunities. This was when the internet was just starting to come out and become a popular thing. Um, so I've been dabbling at this online learning technologies for a while now. Um, as well, I took a partial computer science degree in order to become more familiar computer programming and web page programming. I've taken a lot of different financial designations to provide better services to my customer. And I eventually broke down and thought, you know, I better get my professional accounting designation. Probably spent the first 10 or 15 years of my career knocking down accountants because of my initial experience. But this is where I thought, well, I need the designation. I need the background background. Uh, the detailed financial knowledge that comes with being a professional accountant. But with one key thing, this is where, after learning my lesson at at the very beginning, I wanted to make sure, okay, if I give advice to my clients, I want to make sure that they understand why I'm telling them to do something. They don't need to know all the details, but they at least have to know why. Why it's good for them. What are the uh, cons of this strategy? and they can decide for themselves, okay, yes, I'm comfortable with this, let's go for it, or there's something I'm not comfortable with, can we change it, or can you explain it to me some more? So I try to educate my clients as much as I can so that they're comfortable with the final decision. When I do estate planning work, this is where it's definitely important to make sure the client understands what is being told to them and why it's good for them. Because I don't know how many times I've heard of clients who said, yes, I got an estate plan done. Um, It's sitting in my drawer. I haven't looked at it for five years. That's what happens when you have a plan that you're not familiar with, you're uncomfortable with. You just put put it on the side and never look at it again. Uh, This is where when you do planning, you want to make sure that you're fully into it and you understand it and willing to adapt it. So that's the second pillar of my practice is this is where you need to be prepared for change. And looking looking at the current situation that most of us are in now with COVID, this has definitely brought in a lot of changes for almost everybody. Some businesses are flourishing under COVID. Other businesses are struggling. And no matter what business you're in, there are going to be long-term changes, especially in terms of what the end customer wants and how they expect to be served. And you may need to be prepared to make changes depending on your situation. Um, It's nice to say, well, I just want things the way they were." Well, I don't think they will be the same way. People are gonna have long-term attitude shifts. Like, are they gonna eat out as much like they used to? For businesses who are based in a downtown somewhere, if employers still allow their employees to work from home, how's that gonna affect your business if there is no downtown local traffic? Everyone is at home working. These are just two examples of some of the more common trends that you're going to see happening that we really don't know the answer to yet. But you have to be prepared uh, for the ultimate answer and be prepared to make changes to adapt to it so your business survives. The uh, final lesson that I'm going to pass on this was one that actually took me a little bit longer to learn. The first two lessons I've caught on right away in the beginning of my business careers, and I've used them extensively. The third one, I was kind of hesitant. This is where, when I was going in my first university degree, I had an agriculture professor. He was quite strict with us students, but I, I basically took a liking to him, and I worked with him closely on a few different projects. And one of the things that he said to me that really sunk in was, when you have a library at your fingertips, and keep in mind, this was before the internet, so I actually had to go into a library with books. Uh, He said, you don't need a professor or teacher to show you how to do it. You can read it on your own. Everything is in there in the library. And that's where I kind of took that philosophy to heart and probably to an extreme, frankly. What I did was anytime I needed to know something, I basically went out, bought a book or two on it, and learned, learned it on my own. Now, this involved buying a lot of books, uh, which uh, my wife, she kind of gets annoyed at me every time I go to a bookstore and come back with a bag full of books, and uh, she says, "I have no room on my bookshelves for any more books." But this is where I just got into the habit. I just learned everything I needed to learn, and I was a quick learner. And that's where I, I love reading. Uh, so that's where I didn't mind. And I I don't have much of a social life, as you probably could tell. Basically, I just sit at home and read books uh, in my spare time. But It allowed me to learn a lot of new skills and knowledge that I was able to pass on, not just within my own business, but onto other clients and their businesses. So on the surface, it sounds like this was a good thing. I thought, well, I'm better off learning on my own. I don't have to pay someone for the service, and I can basically rely on my own judgment. The only problem though, and this became evident just in the last three or four years, I've been looking at taking part of my business and transitioning to an online format for the last three or four years now. And I've been dabbling with it. Of course, I've been taking courses and learning from different people and learning different skills again. And again, it's all good But the one thing I noticed was I really wasn't implementing things as quickly or easily as I should have been able to. And that's where about a year and a half ago, I started experimenting. Okay, I'm going to sign up for some of these programs that has a coaching aspect to it, like one-on-one or group coaching. And I was amazed at how, how fast I was able to implement things with a little bit of help. And that was the key lesson I learned. Yes, I could learn everything on my own, but just getting some person to help you out in the background, giving you tips on what to do, what to make changes on, how to improve things. It's allowed me to implement my internet online project much faster. And since I've started doing this, I've probably got more work done in the last three months than I've done in the last three years. So I want to encourage, don't be afraid to, to work with a team of experts or coaches. Just make sure that you're, you ask them questions, you sit down with them, make sure they understand what you're trying to do, and that they're providing, providing you with the help that you need. And it should allow you to get your business up and going faster and more profitable going forward. So those are the three key lessons I've learned. First, make sure you understand your own numbers in your business and, and use them. Second, don't be afraid of making changes in your business and making changes often if you have to. And third, don't be afraid to go out and get help. Okay, get a coach in your back corner To help you with a third-party perspective uh, to show you how um, some other suggestions on how you could do things to get things up and going faster. Now, in this podcast, this is where I'm planning, it's going to be a weekly podcast, and I'm planning to bring on a variety of guests that's going to help provide you with different perspectives on doing things, whether it's marketing, dealing with your finances, tax planning, looking at alternative ways of investing your profits that you have inside and outside your business, I'm planning to introduce quite a few different tips, tactics, and strategies. And this is where I encourage you to provide feedback. I'm definitely open to suggestions and feedback on what topics that you want to hear, because after all, this show is for you. It's not for me, it's for you. So if if you can let me know exactly what you want, I'm going to do my best to make sure I bring them onto the show. So this is where the, the final thing I'm going to say is uh, throughout the episodes, the upcoming episodes, I'm going to have gifts, free gifts available. Uh, These gifts will basically be courses. Um, I'm going to have a phone app available with a lot of content, free content on it. Uh, Could be challenges. Uh, A lot of these services are going to be available through the website. Um, If you go to download.virtualcforeport.com, you'll see a page where it'll link you to all the various resources available that you can download. Also, uh, with my various guests I'm gonna have, many of them will also have additional resources that you can download uh, at no charge. So I look forward to working with you and having you in my audience uh, in the weeks and months to come. And as I mentioned, feel free to download my resources. And to start with, uh, a couple of resources that you can have is access to my phone app. I'll have the links on that page, download period, virtualcforeport.com. It'll also be in the show notes on my website where this podcast is located. And also, if you want to read more about my background, I, I have a chapter in a best-selling book that's just been released. It's called The Game Changer, Volume 5 of 5. And in there it kind of summarizes what I just mentioned about my life story plus a little bit more details. And I'll have my chapter uh, available for download as well from that website download.virtualcforeport.com So until the next time I look forward to uh, having you in my audience again. Thank you and have a good day.
0: Thank you for listening to the Virtual CFO Report. If you heard something on the show today that resonated with you, we'd love to hear about it. Connect with us at virtualcforeport.com. And while you're there, be sure to download your free gift. We invite you to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, Work smarter, not harder.